Hi everyone, I'm Caroline Hill. I'm Editor-in-Chief of Legal IT Insider. Welcome to Charting Change in Legal and I'm here with... Ari Kaplan! Welcome! Hi everyone, I'm Ari. I'm a, an analyst that covers legal and so excited to be here with you, Caroline. So thanks. <laughs> I like the way we always start this so maturely, which is, just gives away our personality. Um, so what do you want to talk about this week, Ari? I think this week we should talk about uh, the events that are taking place. This is a very busy period all over the world in legal. The ALA conference was this week here in the U.S. The Clock Global Institute is taking place next week. You've been at, at at least one event. I think there's a lot of work and focus on pushing legal forward that tends to be coming out at this period of the year. So it's a very exciting moment, I think. Exciting time. Yeah. So I um, chaired a panel this this week, actually, just two days, two days ago. I've kind of lost track because we have so many bank holidays in the UK at the moment. And obviously then there was a King's coronation. So I've kind of lost track of what day is. But um, yeah, this week I chaired a panel um, at British Legal Technology Forum where it was a really fun topic. And we were talking about if we could go back to the it was called back to the future does the legal sector need the delorean which was a really fun title um and we talked about all of the things that um that the panel would change um if they could go back 10 years um so and what was really interesting about it is that a lot of the things came down to people and i know that you and i we we spend our lives talking about technology the industry listens a lot to, you know wants to talk about technology but the people on the panel um who are all well known in the sector said that they would for example so there's nathan hayes who's it director at osborne clark he said that in order to really affect change that he would train lawyers um to actually to act to act in an entirely different way um and to understand the way that they needed to change in order to affect real change and daniel pollock who you know um who's ex dwf ex dwa dla cio also said that he would train lawyers as business people it was really interesting so we did talk a bit about technology but um and and there was april brousseau who's head of research and development at clipper chance she said that she would um help uh still help but she would um have much more focus on people's roles like creating the new roles that we bear in mind we were going back 10 years she would have much earlier focus on new roles like legal process legal project um management and all that kind of stuff and then mo ajaz who um is ex-gc of national grid he and now he's got his own consultancy he said um that he would stop general counsel coming in um before they've had training to actually run an in-house legal department um so that um they came in uh with the requisite knowledge um in how in-house teams should be run so it's, i don't know what, what your thoughts are on any of that there was a lot of a squishing in the delorean that's for sure but um the, the, it was really fun to have those people conversations well in that regard is interesting to me because i feel like i'm less interested in technology and more interested in process and in fact uh i sort of geeked out at the beginning of the year i had a conversation i remember having a conversation with my wife who's always like oh my gosh what are we going to talk about now and i said you know i think my word for the year is process and she was like how did I get involved in this conversation? Like, why am I sitting here? What are you talking? Why are we having a conversation about process? But most often I'll try to think about, like I'm reading a book. I've read, it, it pretty much finished reading a book called The 5 a.m. Club. And just for anybody who's listening, I'll, let me just give it right to you. You don't have to waste any time on it. Basically, if you wake up at 5 a.m. 
everything's better. And so, the, but the idea is, how, what is your strategy? Like, what is your process? Can you build in tools? So I think, okay, I want to be better with my time management process. I'm gonna, I track my time using an app, and I really like it. It's really helpful. It helps me gauge how much time, what the value is of where I'm spending my time. And I think that people are starting to come around to leading with something other than technology. And I think, I think, I think the GPT models, you know, there's a lot of discussion now about not mixing up what chat GPT is versus GPT versus large language models versus, you know, traditional AI or predictive coding or however we're designating whatever it is we're talking about. But I think whatever those things are and however we're defining them or referring to them, that is driving a lot of this. Well, the technology clearly works and it's really impressive. How does it fit into what I need? How does it solve a problem that I have? And and I think that goes back to Mo's point that you mentioned, who I'm you know I'm, I'm obviously a fan, and the idea of understanding where we are coming from before you get here is really helpful to us because then you can kind of push us forward as opposed to create this very uh, misaligned and, and fragmented uh, process. Yes, I think I pity your wife a tiny weeny bit. Ah, so did so many. <laughs> ah, so many people, as does my wife. Um. <laughs> I love you around your dinner table. So but she's talk. stuck. We've been together so for 28 years. Uh, there's <laughs> no going back. So let's talk some more about process. So we did. She had a DeLorean. Now I'm thinking about it. I don't know. Things would be very different. She she would pay a lot of money for that car. <laughs> so should we did on my panel talk about process as well. If you please say, and they were talking about things like um because again, you know that's the, the three parts of the triangle right yes, so you've got right. people process technology um and uh and daniel pollock I, I started off by saying um you know we've come to this realization that, about this triangle you know how long ago do you think that happened in terms of realizing it's you know very much that three-part equation and daniel said i don't really think that we have still so which is quite interesting you know that we're still there's still too much focus on technology and to well your point it's about, like we're all running within the triangle <laughs> we just keep running to different corners, and I think yeah. that that's part of the process. If you can imagine a visual, I like to visualize things. Just imagine we all settle in one area, then we pop over another area, and we pop over another area, and so I, it's. But I love I love this conversation. You know what's exciting is at this time of year, there was discussion about this at the ALA conference. There's discussion at, at the at the at, you know at the conference that you attended. There's going to be discussion about it at clock. There's going to be lots of discussion about it at Lexpo in June. So you're bringing together the smartest folks that you've experienced, the people that I've been talking to, and not just learning, but getting a sense of how are they applying, where are they making mistakes, where do they have freedom to make mistakes, what's the threshold for applying something and, and making a mistake. I mean, I'll tell you that I just finished a report that came out at the ALA conference this week about leadership. And what the challenges are for law firms. Now, I really focused on mid-sized law firms in the U.S. This was a, a consortium of, of companies that supported it, um, Affinity Consulting, iManage, and SurePoint. And the, the objective was to try to understand what are the challenges of leadership beyond technology. There were clearly lots of issues. What kind of training do we provide? How advanced is the technology? But much more of it was fundamental, like how do we change the nature of the way lawyers bill? How do we just 
run our business more effectively? How do we provide training in a hybrid world? There are lots of organizations still struggling with getting people back into an office on a consistent basis, not not necessarily every day, but on a basis that allows for collaboration and strong work products. So I think that, you know, it's an exciting moment to try to figure out what's worked, what hasn't. Let's share some best practices. Is there um, any, was there any sense of, so one of the things that I struggle with slightly, so we've had a great leap post-pandemic in terms of you know, technological advances that and a rate that we haven't before. Everyone can kind of congratulate themselves. And now my question is, you know, you've now got generative AI, right, so, which is the next going to be the next sort of leap. But my question about around leadership, right, is that we haven't really seen much change in terms of law firm leadership. You know, there's there's sort of the same sort of structure, not not always in the case. And I just wonder if there needs to be more diversity of leadership in, to, in order to really facilitate the types of changes that are going to happen going forward. You know, like if you we can talk about change and um, we can be excited about change and people are I think law firms really are some firms are doing some really interesting stuff but in order to create substantive change like the sort of thing that we we were I was saying with my panel right going back 10 years they wish they'd you know enable people to, to, to sort of understand this that the other with the current leadership structure being the same I just wonder how much how much change we can really affect well you're this is such an interesting point because it kind of brings together two things that I started working on at least a decade ago. One of them was about how to uh, attain and keep your seat at the table. And it was mostly focused on administrative leadership in law firms, right? Law firms are businesses that are often run by heroes that aren't practicing law. You know, executive directors, you see now the the heightened role of a chief operating officer in a law firm. They're CEOs of law firms. And so the question has always been, how do you get that seat at the table so that there's a management meeting and you're there? And one of the ways is to just know the story, know the data, understand the facts, be able to paint a picture that everybody can understand. About a decade ago, you saw this conversation taking place in corporations and in legal departments, right? They called that person the chief of staff, the COO of the law department, now head of legal operations. And so in clock next week, you'll you'll see kind of the emergence. This is a, in, in many ways a very interesting period because it's been about a decade that this has kind of been an accepted thing. But I wrote an article in uh, the summer of 2012 about this stuff. And so – which is cool. I think it's cool that I've been tracking it for a long, long time. But you know, you're, you're seeing that. And so with generative – AI, like I'm actually interviewing today, although this might not be publicized until beyond today, but I'm interviewing the new VP of generative AI at Latera, who was who was with HG. This has been announced, right? Greg Coates is now the VP of generative AI. And we are going to have a conversation on the virtual lunch about the role, but the mission. How do you get the most value out of some of these things so that law firms can then create more value for their clients. And one of the things that people can do is how do you think about is how do I get a seat at the table now? And generative AI and the other ways that we're describing 
using automation and technology that enhances the work product of a legal professional is that way. And we've talked about this for many, many days on the virtual lunch because our theme this month is practical AI. But what can you do as an individual proactively to position yourself such that someone says, I want you to be in the room with us. You you can explain it. You speak that language. And so the language keeps changing a little bit right over the years. There's always been this joke about do you speak geek and right? I mean, I think Judge Peck coined that in terms of bring your geek to court and let us know how this process works because otherwise it's just a black box to many people. Well, we are at another crossroads. And if you're that person that understands that information, young, old, experienced, you know, wherever you're coming from, it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. And you could you could really teach yourself these things. There's lots of ways to learn it and there are lots of opportunities to see how it's applied. So I really encourage people to take advantage of that. Again, wherever you are in your career, you could be at the later stages of your career, the super early stages of your career. It, it, it'll be agnostic from that perspective because if you know it and understand it, you're of value and can help your organization, corporate legal department, law firm, really service provider push into the future and, and really make a difference. Yeah, I think also the management, they need to, I mean, it's really interesting. So with the new breed of like lawyer techie, you know, that I think that perhaps um, that, the, you know, that I think that's going to create a really interesting dynamic in terms of what that means yeah. um, for, for management. But, but I think that management, I think that the executive also need to think about, right, how, who, how do we create space at that table? Who do we need to train up? Not just in, for example, it might be generative AI, but in, in, in like you said about understanding the story, understand that I think they need to be thinking right now, you know, tr tr about training people to be managers. I've spoken to plenty of um, IT directors who yeah. about, about, you know, um, sort of the, <laughs> they sort of describe it as be careful what you wish for because they were sort of in charge of the hardware and then suddenly they're expected to, to you know to be sort of talking about strategy and they said do you know what this this was actually not originally part of our remit right we were not yeah. there to be the strategist and I'm saying yeah but you want to be don't you want to be on the board and some people do some people don't right so and that's just a fact but um you know but I think that every law firm now needs a head of IT on on the board my personal opinion and when I was doing we were updating our UK top 200 of, of which firms use what systems. It's amazing how many firms do not have anyone in IT on their board, right? Still, the vast majority do not. And I found that really interesting. So it's a case of, you know, both from both sides, like I agree, there's huge opportunities. But also, I think from firms perspective, from a, if you're talking about leadership and taking that rounded view on what does leadership mean and what should we be doing in order to, you know, we're, we're, we're going to do that really confusing thing in Back to the Future, but you then go forward. And then that's why people like me just lose the, lose the plot completely as to what year they're in. <laughs> and that's and then you give up or you fall asleep on the sofa. So they, <laughs> they need to. They need to think ahead, right? We, you know, and just go right. We, we've got this huge sea change here, right? We, we need in in leadership. There, there are plenty of willing, excited people out there, right? There are plenty of people being who who have the potential to be promoted, right? Yeah. They, they need to think right, very strategically. I think what we need leaders who really understand this stuff. I personally think, and we need them to be, at, as you describe, at, have a seat at the table. Um, and be really informing the strategy because this is real sea, sea change stuff potentially, including both negatively and positively. So it could be, you know, you don't want to be one of those firms if we're talking about Gen, I, Gen AI specifically. Um, and I'm having a lunch with Greg as well, by the way, which is quite fun. <laughs> so, well, but 
the one thing that I think is really important is that we push past the hype phase. It's a natural progression and we need to be in that phase. But as we push past it, there will be a greater level of trust. And it's only with that level of trust that really, really change happens. So luckily, there are several reports that I've been working on that I am working on that hopefully will at least just give people a sense of what the perception, the sort of overall perception is where there are are gaps to fill and then give them a chance to fill it. My, my report next week with Simplify a Clock, which, which will be introduced then, not only – first of all, I, I'm super proud of this research. I interviewed 50 heads of legal operations all, all, you know, at, at large organizations. Really, really proud of it. But not only that, uh, as part of the report's campaign, I actually – was able to speak with several of them on the record. All of my research is anonymous. I don't mention names of companies, names of individuals, but in this case, there are a number of folks who were sharing their thoughts about on the record about where they see contract analytics headed, how they see AI affecting their approach to gathering data, you know, sharing metrics with their team. And I think that those perspectives will help inform others and give them a you know opportunity to benchmark but also help the the people who are creating the technology realize you know what we're creating a solution to a problem that actually isn't what people are struggling with let's try to refocus everybody is now introducing some module that reflects the hype and a lot of the folks that I've talked to are not actually ready to use that they, they just don't they don't see where it is the, their process is not aligned with whatever that technology is and once we can figure out how we put that together that's going to be a very exciting point and I, I i like the fact that you have these events because they they discuss it and a lot of these things are u.s centric when i when, our, when i'm at lexpo it'll be very european centric and so i think that combining those perspectives is going to be super valuable are you i know the report's going to have its probably big release at clock but were there what, what were the sort of key findings was there anything really interesting in terms of high level findings from it sounds like it's a great it's a really great achievement at interviewing that number of people for it i'm i appreciate that and it's it's a combination of hustle and generosity of the people who I reached out to. I have to say they were very kind to, you know, take my call on a Friday afternoon or whatever and, and would be willing to schedule time with me. And uh, easier, in fact, because it's U.S. based. I'm working on a new report speaking with in-house counsel uh, globally. And so, you know, I've had several calls in the middle of the night or, you know, way yeah, earlier. In the middle of the night again, are we? Like, hey, well, I think I've been to you about process. On their time. I, I they, am they, in bed. I, I'll do I'll do what you need it. So if you're in in Singapore, I'm happy to I'm happy to talk to you at you know 1 a.m. if that's convenient and it's after lunch for you. So, but the 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 thing that is has been really interesting uh, just to gathering all these perspectives. I'm just thinking about it between my e-discovery and filter report, this this simplify report and the consortium report of leadership. And this other thing, I've I've probably I mean, I've interviewed at least a hundred and let's say 125 in-house professionals over the last month or two and then you know certainly about 50 different law firm leaders so there's a lot of perspectives happening now and i think that the unifying point is i'm not sure exactly where we are but i'm i'm much more willing and i think my team is much more willing to accept that we don't know and to 
listen to what others are doing to help kind of forge a path forward. And I think that there's a you mentioned the pandemic driving the appetite for technology. I think it also drove this kind of willingness to to realize that with some effort and some investment, sometimes accelerated, sometimes you know uh, somehow time consuming there's a chance to really make a like to take a position but but flexibly because the technology is changing so fast I, I guess that's my last point my last point is there's been that you know a lot of these organizations i've talked to are concerned that if they take a position on technology or make an initial investment that's significant and the technology changes in a month or in three months, which is, seems to be happening now, is there's a rapid transformation. They're not sure. And I'm sure that must have come out in your conversations with Dan and the other leaders who are making those kinds of very specific decisions. It's now, well, how how do we navigate that? It's no longer, oh, let me just, we'll just plunk down whatever and have this for X number of years. Now it has to be super nimble and the team needs to be ready to to shift very quickly. Yeah, I think, yes, I I think one of the things that's coming up from my conversations and is that, you know, you've got to be not caught up in, in just as we've always said with any of the hype or any of the AI hype or whatever. So, so you need to, I think, look at your underlying infrastructure. You need to look at the, where you are realistically in your roadmap mm. in terms of getting on top of your data, in terms of getting on top of, you know, are you are you using Teams? Do you have sort of sensible infrastructure that's going to really set you up for the future? You know, with with all of the kind of advances that are coming already, but are going to be happening, you know, even faster in the future. Do you have the basis in order to start taking advantage of that? And if not. Then don't be caught up with, you know, all of the newfangled stuff until you, you know, you you are in a position to 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 do that. I think that has to be the case because, you know, otherwise you're going to find that you're caught with your whatever down. You know, like you because you, you know, and and I, I think it's very easy to feel. Oh, we're going to let be left behind at this conference this week. Um, Tamara Box, um, who's managing partner of Reed Smith, was talking um, and she referred back to the examples that we've heard a few times about Kodak and Blockbuster. And I think everyone, I mean, it's fair, right? So we, we, you don't want to be the ones going, oh, hey, we're just we're doing fine. We're always going to have print. But um, equally, you, you've just got to not be caught up and go, right, oh, my God, everybody else is, is doing this. And then I'm But You just need to work out, I think, what your clients need. You need to start with your clients. As you said, start with the problem start with and work back and go are we solving that in the most efficient way possible do we have the correct infrastructure are we on top of our data do we know where stuff is are we able to apply analytics to understand you know where we could be doing things more efficiently and then from then if you then you know if you then want to start i i just i feel like everyone just gets a a bit um ahead of themselves but and with gen ai the, the potential is enormous right absolutely no doubt about it um one one thing I would I would kind of close with is the idea that uh, when we were on the virtual lunch talking about uh, GPT, I, I bought a subscription just, you know, it's twenty dollars a month to it's, it's like GPT plus or something just to to do an experiment myself. It was yeah. cost effective. And I took a, a transcript of something uh, that was public. It's not something that was a uh, had any proprietary uh you know, properties or wasn't confidential or anything. And I put it in and there were some issues with the, the length. And, you know, I wanted, I just asked it, write an article out of this mishmash of language. 
And the truth is it did – it looked like it did a good job, but because I had to take all the language, all the, all the text and break it up, I have like now four different drafts of something that I have to combine. So it ended up creating a lot of work for me, and I'm not sure it was so much better. But the difference between selecting a cloud system or a document management system or a billing system is it, is it historically that is led by the IT department or someone who's charged with a you know kind of a universal application of technology and then maybe there's a committee of people who can guide and say here we're the users we reflect the users and you know that was historically the case you know with the let's say e-discovery for example an advanced tool which was only generally used by specialists within an organization and they developed incredible specialization and and were the relied upon individuals we are in an era now where it's almost like crowdsourcing how this should be used and people almost coming to the organization and saying we could use it this way we could i tried it this way i took my kids drawings and came up with something else i created an itinerary for travel i did this and and you know us like creatively collaborating on where the use case is i just think there's there's again a lot of opportunity to hear a lot of voices which might transform the way organizations approach the deployment of some of these tools i do i do agree with you and i should and i don't want to excuse me sound you know like i'm anti by any means and and actually it was interesting because um lexus nexus just yesterday um uh, launched a new product and yep. um and uh there was a comment about you know one of one of a part of it is generative 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 ai based assistant um and there was a comment made by jason barmore at microsoft saying you know as long as you you know obviously we're confident in security and he made this observation that um that you uh, you know you can't just not not start using new technology because of fear you need to start trying it and, and playing around with it i'm not suggesting mm. people don't play around with it and see what it can do you know obviously within the constraints that the firm sets um rather than going off and just putting all of their client data into chat gpt which would be a very bad idea but um it's it's more I think, yeah, I think, and also I think what's really great is the excitement about technology, right? I think that that is, you know, kind of mind blowing because, and it, it sort of shows you the art of the possible. If you can channel that excitement within an organization and that level of interaction and that level of uptake, and, and you know, you you can start applying that within a firm in order to perhaps connect people a bit better to surface information across the firm, all of that kind of stuff. I think I'm not poo-pooing it I'm, and I'm not sort of being, um, a technophobe in any sense I just I just think that um, it's important to do your thing <laughs> rather than it was interesting you saying about you know we're, we're just taking stock I think that's great but that they're, they're they're taking stock and they're not going oh we we want to do what they're doing because <laughs> I think that's probably a recipe for disaster well the technology is giving people actually a chance to reevaluate their process just to bring us full circle to my my earlier point and I think that that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to hearing some feedback about people who were at the ALA conference talking about process. I'm looking forward to being at Clock talking about the process. I'm looking forward to being at Lexpo. And I think that it's it's probably the conversation, the part of the conversation that will be leading rather than following the discussion of technology. Anyway, awesome to chat with you as always, Caroline. I love these these little discussions. I'm not exactly sure what they're about, but I always find them super fun and 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 inspiring and thought provoking. And I'm grateful for the opportunity. So thank you. Thanks, Ari. Speak soon.